0: Hello, and welcome to the And If Not podcast. My name is Annie Brown, and I'm a 17-year-old teen who's passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus. And today, we are going to talk about relationships. I'm joined with my older sister, Sylvia. Say hi, Sylvia. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, so to get started, um, I'm going to do like a get to know you type thing. How well do you know Annie? Wow. <laughs> I just wanna, I also looked up some interesting questions, and I want to see... How well, you know me. Don't look at my answers, okay. Um, what is Annie's dream job?
1: Oh, come on. This one changes literally by the day. <laughs> it was a crop dust fire <laughs> or pilot. Um, now do you want to be some sort <clears> of <throat> like o b g y n nurse baby, something?
0: I'll give it to you. I wrote down a lot of answers, but I said something with kids. okay, so got that. ha <laughs> ha. What it? <laughs> This is like a joking one. What is Annie's worst fear? It's been my fear since...
1: Oompa Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You don't like them?
0: <laughs> I don't.
1: Um, How do I like my eggs? You don't really like eggs that much, but if you do... Scrambled? No. Wow. Oh.
0: I like over easy.
1: That's bougie. <laughs> <laughs> you usually have scrambled. And because you don't even like eggs that much.
0: True, but I—if I had to eat an egg, I do. Do you like
1: it with a runny? Milk? Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting.
0: Do I prefer cats or dogs?
1: Dogs. No. No. I like cats. You prefer our dog, Harper's, <laughs> but you like cats better. Okay. Yeah. Two more. Oh boy.
0: <laughs> what was the thing we did every morning before school on Waterloo Road?
1: did we okay i don't know if i did this with you or not but we'd try to watch an episode of like curious george or something and we'd sit by the vent that had hot water or hot air do you remember doing that yeah and we'd fight over when the like uh, the heater would come on we'd stand over it and have the warm air
0: not Yeah, we did that. I know, (laughs) every morning. The thing I wrote down is we watched Sabrina the Teenager Witch, the OG version. Oh, yeah. we watched that every morning.
1: Yeah, we did. So I kind of got it, like watching a show. I I thought I was curious, George, but maybe that was after school.
0: (laughs) Okay, last one. Make me a sandwich. What would I put on it?
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) You'd make a salad over you'd make a sandwich. (laughs) I
0: wrote or salad, too.
1: If oh, you could say that. I could do salad probably more than sandwich. I think thought you would. You do lettuce, you do olives, peppers, onions, oranges, <laughs> and no dressing or like a vinegary dressing?
0: If I put mandarin oranges or like fruit on it, there'd be no dressing because the fruit juice. Mm-hmm. But then, if not, then I put like a balsamic vinegar. Good job, Sylvia. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to get into Sylvia's story about relationships, (laughs) and she's going to share her story, and then I'll just ask some questions and just get to know that side of Sylvia. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I'm Sylvia. Um, I am almost 20 years old, almost a month from until I'm 20, and um, (laughs) some of my passions are people... Worship ministry, um, Greek life, and movies. <laughs> I love watching movies. Um, my ideal career or some of like my goals in my career. I'm studying event management and public relations, so I would love to do something in the business world with that, or settle down eventually and become an academic advisor in that field. Um, but in that time, I'd also love to do something with churches and overseas ministry or worship ministry. I have a lot of options, so I need to <laughs> dwindle them down eventually. But Annie wanted me to come on here and share about my um, experience um, with being in a relationship while I was in high school. And so I always tell my friends, I love asking the question Um, To people that have been in relationships, like, what is the biggest thing that God taught you? Or like, how are you shaped? How are you, what did you learn from that? And so I also love answering it. So I was glad to explain. So starting out with my relationship, I thought about doing a like code name for the person, but I'll just stick with pronouns. But so we started out as really good friends, me and this guy, and I was really good friends with his family. His sister was my best friend, but he was two years older than me. And so we would... Yeah, we kind of always saw each other because I was always over at my friend's house um, and he was always there. We were in the same things in school. We would do youth group together and eventually, because he was a senior and my, me and my friend were sophomores, we had like a group of us that all had siblings in that same group. So we'd all hang out in a group and then he ended up going away to college my junior year and so he was a freshman and we actually started our like So I'd say we were friends before that, but we were really good friends when he went away from way to college so we could actually get to know each other individually. And then the spring break of my junior year, he came back from his college and we started, he took me to this cupcakery place in town. I don't know how we ended up going on our own. Like, I don't know how that people allowed that to happen. But we ended up going there and he asked, he said, basically, hey, our friendship is getting to the point that we either need to chill out or we need to start dating. And I would like to start dating you. Would you be interested in dating me? And I said, heck yeah. Um, I'd kind of been denying that anything could be happening. So when he wanted it to, I was so excited, but terrified because... I had no idea what I was doing, and my best friend was his sister, and she was not in a good place, Um, and so it really put a huge strain on all of our relationships, their relationship, me and my friend, me and my boyfriend, and so, um, yeah, we started dating, and he was a long-distance relationship. He was about an hour and a half away at school. Um, His family, like I said, his sister was not happy with me, and so we had a lot of challenges with that, and ultimately ended up going pretty much different directions with our own ministries, because I was still in high school at the time. We'd gotten a new youth group director. Um, He was getting involved with the campus ministry at his college that I was aware of. But yeah, so that first summer he went to a training program in Florida, and that was another big long distance. We didn't really see each other that much. Um, And then fast forward many months of just really enjoying each other, having fun, um, being good friends, doing stuff together. We ended up kind of focusing a lot more on our physical relationship of hugging and kissing and, um, yeah, just feeling really loved by physical affection and kind of neglected any emotional or spiritual side of it as things just started to get more complicated. And it was my senior year, and I was deciding what school to go to, and it was looking like I was going to go to a different college that was going to be about two hours away from him. Um, so we were, we were just we were at this weird point. And he told me one day that he was going to go overseas with this campus ministry and do a mission trip for the summer. And I was crushed and confused. And it was kind of the beginning of the end for our relationship because I was trying to let him into my feelings, but he didn't really have the emotional capacity or maturity to understand what that looks like or what that could be in a healthy way. So there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of assumptions, and ended up— Yeah, he distanced himself a lot from me towards that last month in January of my senior year. And I was pretty naive and optimistic, as I usually am, Um, and just thinking that he's going through a lot at school or will eventually catch up. And it was really challenging. But I loved him a lot, and I'm loyal to a fault. So I was never questioning that we would end the relationship. I thought we'd just have to start finally actually dealing with some of the complications of our relationship. Um, and so on January 27th, um, he came home to our hometown where I was at the time. And I remember him being just weird. Like it was pulling teeth for him to go. There's a bunch of random details that are not important, but kind of funny now. Um, but we ended up like watching Moana with his family for like 30 minutes with him being like, we need to talk. Let's watch the movie first. And it was so weird, but we sat down and he basically said, hey, I don't have time for this relationship anymore. I need to really focus on God and pursue him. But I can't really do that with you or being in a relationship with you. So I think we need to break up. And I was blindsided. I did not see it coming. I thought he was being ridiculous. Um, He was super late at that point. So we ended up talking way past my curfew and, um, yeah, just way too long. (laughs) Um, But then I said, let's talk tomorrow. So I ended up going to work the next morning. But I remember coming home and it was like 4 a.m., which was the latest I'd ever stayed up at that point, um, and just crying and deleting social media because I didn't want to go look at it. And so, yeah, I was pretty heartbroken um, until the next day when we talked. And he kind of said the same things, but we were obviously like had slept on it, better minds. It's always better to talk about conflicts in the day. Um, And so we talked in that evening and he basically shared, he still thinks that. The stuff he was saying or he said last night, and he wants to kind of move forward with us breaking up. And I was kind of asking him and drilling him with questions about like, where is this coming from? What are you thinking? Why? Can we not do it together? And we talked for a while and he basically said, like, we got to the conclusion that I was like, You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you can't. If you're really gonna turn my life upside down. You need to be 100% certain that this is what you want to do. And in that conversation, he had been pretty wishy-washy and said things like, oh, when I'm here, it's easy and I want it. But when I go to back to school, it's not. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Sir, if you're going to break my heart, <laughs> it's like all the love songs, I like break it fast or break it clean or whatever. So then we decided to take a few months of a break um, until he came home for spring break that year. So we'd been dating about a year at that point. But during that break, I call it my quarter-life crisis. <laughs> iconic. Yeah. I kind of let everyone know. Wow. That story still hits me. <laughs> you you <laughs> guys are really our, or you are really our biggest supporter. So <laughs> you're also in the dark completely.
0: For sure. <laughs> <laughs> did not know that was happening until summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did, what happened during this
1: quarter-life crisis? The most iconic Sylvia Phrase ever. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was so creative for coming up with it because I say quarter life crisis. Give a few years because I hope I was seventeen at the time, so I hope that <laughs> my life is a little bit longer than that. But we never know. um But yeah, looking back on that time, I say it was the best and the worst because up until that point, we hadn't really had really a complicated life. Like our life was pretty oh. simple. We didn't have major family deaths or our like our parents are happily married. We had never really had a trial that felt so like painful. So this was really my first time coming face to face with those intense emotions um, and feelings and just being so drowning in them. Um, Cause I was just faced with this, this fact that this plan I had and this future I had prepared with my boyfriend at the time was not going to happen. And uh, we were taking this space to really come to a conclusion. Certainly. And it was more for him. It was mainly the break was for him to be firm in his decision, and for me to catch up to where he was at. Because at this point, he had months to process, okay, I'm going to probably end up breaking up with her. What's that going to look like? And he could kind of start mourning that. And I was in this blissful world of, you know, we're going to get married and have kids and live in our hometown. Um, So yeah, it, like I mentioned, I deleted social media that night, which was literally such a godsend of just the Holy Spirit prompting me to get rid of it because I realized I couldn't I, I had this hole and this void in me that couldn't be filled by social media. And it just felt like a, a mute point that I, I couldn't be satisfied in. And so I think in that time, it was all just guessing and going um, to resources that I had. Um, but I truly, truly believe that Jesus was just guiding me so tenderly and so um, intentionally to bring me to the conclusions I did. And so, yeah, that Those few months were really, really, really hard. And I remember being so sad and just waking up and not wanting to get out of bed and, but still going to school and kind of, I mean, it was long distance, so it was kind of the best and the worst because he wasn't around, which was great, but it also felt like we were still dating because we had never done like school together and we didn't, you know, when we were in a relationship. And so, yeah, it was really challenging, but ended up being a really growing time
0: blessing in disguise.
1: Yeah, kind of. And I think I knew it was a really good thing at the time, but I didn't realize how impactful that would be on my life as a whole. Because basically I ended up spending all my time um, reading books that had to do with Jesus. Um, I was reading a Bible plan that I started in January. So I was going through like the Old Testament, but I loved it. And I grew so much in like decide- or discovering how Jesus was um, a part of everything in the Bible and how even the Old Testament points back to Him and the salvation we can now have through Him. And I had a lot of things change. So I was making decisions about college, about my major. And finally, I decided to actually submit to what <laughs> like God was calling me to do in my life for Him instead of trying to manipulate my own plan and force my life into this mold that I had created. And instead, surrendering it to Him, I would just— Uh, flood my thoughts with um, focusing on worship music or, like I said, the books I would read, the sermons I'd watch, talking with people about their lives and their experiences. God really abundantly provided people that were just in my life for that season. And there's no fallout, no hard things now, but that was just like the time for them to be there. Um, Yeah. So looking back on that, I didn't really realize it at the time, but it totally fits in with what Philippians 4, 8 says um because it says and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise um yeah some other translations say more directly just think about these things or set your mind on these things what version do you have uh i think it said nlt Oh, was it? (laughs) Yeah, that was NLT. I bounce around. I do CSB, NIV, ESV is probably my most consistent. Um, So yeah, and the ESV version, it says, think about these things. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so, yeah, some of those resources that I turned to were things like The Best Yes by Lisa Turkers. That's a book. Um, In Control, the song by Hillsong. And even turning to Hebrews 4, 15, that talks about Um, Jesus being a high priest who is not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but who was tempted in every way yet without sin. So just like discovering this new uh, creator and father that I had known, um, but didn't experience probably until that time of just immense pain. Um, I would watch sermons about relationships and I would, yeah, I would just flood my thoughts with things um, that pointed me back to Jesus. And I think that's really what sustained me. I was reading my Bible so much, my my friend, that was um, that's his sister. We were able to redeem and reconcile our relationship, but not in that time. That time, we really took a break. Um, but since then, she has now joked about the fact that I went just completely silent <laughs> to to most of the world, and just was like I'd wake up read my bible plan or like two or three chapters in my bible. I would then every single second I could at school be reading a book like The Best Yes or other Lisa Turker's books that were really great on feelings and rejection and how to handle that. I remember even though I was in the dark for most of the
0: time, you put um like note cards of bible verses in our bathroom. Oh. And, <laughs> and like put them on the mirror and then I just see you like always Whenever I talk to you, it always just be about like biblical stuff, biblical truth. Um, So it was cool from an outsider's perspective to see like, even though I wasn't included in it all, um, I still saw the changes that were happening and how the Holy Spirit was changing you. Which is cool to look back on now to reflect. Okay, that's it.
1: No, that's super (laughs) cool. I Yeah, it's weird to me because in the moment, I didn't even realize I was making those choices. Um, or like what the impact of that was making, but that's really cool to hear that people, I mean, saw the difference. That's what I say all the time, um, to people that want to follow Jesus or people that are trying to share about following Jesus, that they should, people should be able to see us, um, and recognize something is different, but yeah, that was really it. Like I was learning so much about Jesus and about who he was in my life and how I can deal with these feelings and just wanted to share that with anyone I could, because that's what my mind is always thinking about. And so, um, yeah, I would listen to sermons, and one thing that I really clung to that was a little saying from Lisa Turkers is feelings are indicators, not dictators.
0: I say that to this day. Yeah. I just said that yesterday to a friend. That's
1: so funny. <laughs> mm, yeah, but it's just so helpful to think about feelings can indicate that something is happening, and they signal that you should check something out, um, and we can't necessarily control if those things happen. Um, but we can control and change the way we respond to them, and that's where feelings are not dictators. Feelings do not dictate our actions or our words or our um, response to the the thing causing the feelings. But we can, um, yeah, point to Jesus and see what did He do in these situations. And well, I was reading in a book the other day that all emotions are start neutral. Like in in their good nature, they are neutral. They're zero. And then we can either choose to respond negatively and that's where sin comes in or we can choose to respond positively and that's where we can really um, point ourselves and others to Jesus. Um, So yeah, coming back to the story that then in that spring break, I remember just being at such a peace in trusting that God is sovereign. And if he was gonna have me and this guy together in a romantic relationship, it would happen, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen right now um, and I was okay with us getting back together, and I hoped for that, and I asked for that, and I was okay if we didn't because I knew God was good in it. And that was probably the most peace I've felt about any decision or situation, especially regarding God's sovereignty My up until this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, God has been made that way. I'm the one who fluctuates. But it was really hard. I decided to—so he we came back together, and he decided— he is more firm in his decision to break it off. And
0: this was spring break when he came Correct.
1: Back. So it was spring break on my senior year. And he had decided, no, I'm, I'm positive. We need to to end this. And I was really sad. um, But I was okay with that. And I mourned a little bit. But at that point, like I said, we were at equal levels. Like We both had, had to have the time to process that this was maybe coming. And so we were able to break it off. And it seemed fine. But there's a lot. I learned a lot in those weeks to follow months and years to follow (laughs) what it looks like to have a relationship with someone who you were once in a romantic relationship with. And that, I mean, that could be a whole podcast in of itself. Cause we just don't really talk about that as much. We don't talk about um, how those are still like, he's still my brother in Christ, even though he broke my heart and hurt me a lot. Um, And I dealt with a lot of processing of feelings of rejection that still sometimes creep up into my conflicts today with other people. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's, uh, that whole breakup caused a lot of uh, sparks that could be potentially um, fanned into a flame of just lies of the devil. That was an amazing illustration. <laughs> That's not that okay. creative. Okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm so glad you're amazed by that. Um but yeah, just lies that the devil could uh, want me to believe that um, this this guy is not responsible for those, but he did uh, cause those things to happen. Um, but ultimately, it's my responsibility to fight those lies. Um, so then moving on, what
0: is your advice to teens and, um relationships? Because I know that like me specifically, I'm kind of in that prime time where I really long for... Um, a romantic relationship and I'm starting to think about the future and it's always been a dream of mine to be like, I don't know, like a wife in that future. Um, So what's your advice for um, teens in high school with a romantic relationship? Mm. Yes. Well, hmm.
1: the first thing I'd say is that those feelings are not bad. Like I just said, feelings are neutral. And honestly, those are desires that God gives us, that God gives us the desire to love people and to be um, together. Like it says in Genesis, like man was not made to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Um, So we are created to be in community and relationship with each other. And so those things shouldn't be squashed, that we should recognize that and know that that's okay. Um, But there is for sure healthy boundaries within that. So I thought of some advice that I have, and I thought of it in terms of one to guys and one to girls, and this is all based on things that I've heard from wiser, more mature people that I'm still kind of learning in my own life, um, but also from my own personal experience. Like I said, like going through that breakup, um, turning to Jesus fully in it, and then living my life after that. Um, But yeah, so the first thing I'd say um, to guys specifically is to fight passivity, I think that's something that is naturally really difficult. I don't know it as well because I'm not a guy, but... For us stupid people out there, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> passivity is that tendency to... So there's active and passive. So active is taking the initiative, taking the charge, and passive is letting it happen, um, watching it pass by sort of thing. So that could be seen even in Genesis with Adam and Eve, that Adam let Eve take the fruit from the tree. She was deceived by the, the, by the devil... But then Adam didn't stand up. He was passive in that and just let her do that. Um, So, yeah, there's a flip side to that, obviously, ladies out there. But, yeah, so for guys, I'd say just fight that urge that in in a relationship context, that looks like being bold and being upfront. And if you have feelings for a girl, if you're thinking, oh, maybe I want to pursue a relationship with this, um, yeah, ask people that are wiser than you. Ask older men in your life. Um, is this a good idea? Um, Ask hard questions about, am I there with my maturity? Can I actually handle what this means? Um, Yeah. And also another thing is your sexual health and wholeness of making sure your thoughts are pure and you're not having lustful thoughts towards sisters in Christ, or you're not pursuing a relationship to fulfill those sort of desires. Um, And yeah, very practically thinking about guys, ask girls on dates that you don't have to commit to marrying them. (laughs) Um, But I would say it would be so helpful if men (laughs) um, or young adult guys would just initiate and be bold and not, and fight the urge to act out of fear. And so fight that passivity. So that's my little spiel for guys um, with my own experience with very passive guys and guys that aren't that. Um, But then for girls or Um, kind of to myself more. Mm -hmm. I would say to stop manipulating. Um, There's so many desires, like Annie was saying, that we have, and those are good things. Um, But trust God's timing and trust that he um, maybe has someone for you, maybe doesn't get right with God before you seek a guy in that. And I think that goes, I also have a section for both of guys and girls because there's certain rules. The biggest difference is guys don't be passive and girls don't manipulate. Um, but for both of both of them in a teenager wanting to have a relationship, um, really don't use each other for an emotional satisfaction or filling a void that only Jesus can fill. Um, I think girls also have a tendency to be really in the manipulation. They don't. They're not clear with how they feel. So if guys are being passive and not super direct with what they're wanting and girls respond in a very like, Ooh, okay. He's like initiating with me. I'm going to initiate just a little bit enough. So he will maybe ask me that risky question or like, let's talk about our feelings. Let's talk about our relationship. So we feel good about it, but never commit to doing that. I think it's just so harmful, um, in the body of Christ to be hurting each other. And so careless with, um, the other person's emotions or feelings and where their heart is. And though I mean, the Bible tells us to like I've been saying this whole time, like point back to Jesus and by manipulating or not initiating and not being clear, like those are not pointing us back to Jesus. Like God is not a God of confusion. And so this can sometimes seem like a really confusing topic, but um, yeah, I'd also just say for girls, making sure that what mean, what say what you mean and mean what you say. So be clear and be upfront, even if it potentially, hurts the guy's feelings to say no to him asking you on a date. Um, But we also, one thing I learned that I thought was really helpful is about attraction that we really can't control who we're attracted to. Like we could put anyone in front of a group of people and they're all going to have different responses to that. Um, And so being attracted to someone is not a personal offense. Like you can think someone's really attractive and some person might not think they're as attractive. That has nothing to do with their worth or who they are in Christ or anything like that. And so, that can maybe help guys not be as afraid to ask girls out if for the fear of rejection, but also girls to be clear and saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. You're a great, you're a great guy, but I'm not interested in that right now and being really, really clear, I think. Um, and yeah, for both, um, people in the relationship stop dating, but not,
0: Ooh, mm. it's me different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, This to me just means, I've watched people walk through this, I kind of did it myself, is just that idea of not committing. That you get all of the emotional and maybe even physical at times, the spiritual uh, satisfaction that you're maybe desiring in a relationship without committing to being in a relationship. So this could look like guys and girlfriends hanging out, acting like they're dating by going on -on one-on-one dates, going out to dinner, going out to ice cream, going to just hang out and talk and, you know, do all the cutesy things without... Saying you're in a relationship and if you are getting to the point that you have said okay like I mean like my boyfriend did at the time of us starting a relationship he said hey our friendship is getting to the point that we either need to do something about it or we need to to put better boundaries up and so I'd say if you get to that point and you guys both decide no we're not going to be in a relationship right now then you need to stop acting like it and stop um just tempting your heart to want more when you're it's not time yet Um, and that just goes back to trusting that God is sovereign and God, if you just lift up that relationship and if you surrender your plans, um, with that person to Jesus, like he will fully satisfy you and only Jesus can do that. Um, but you have to trust him with that relationship and the timing of that. And in that, that just means stop the whole dating, but not, I really have no patience for it. <laughs> it just never is helpful. It never is. And it ends up hurting people more. And so you could use that time so much better. And so I'd say in this singleness, it's so cliche, but it, I've heard it so many times, but there was one time I remember it finally, like Annie just said, it hits you different, but <laughs> it finally clicks. So I'll say it again, that use your singleness to pursue God like use the time right now to figure out like Annie asked me my passions like figure out what are you passionate about what do you want um to see in the world and how do you want Jesus to be proclaimed and how is he going to use you like discover those things about yourself especially like Annie was saying this pivotal time of you know making starting to make big life choices of going to college what your major is going to be you're starting to gain independence like use that time and establish routines like get into a, a normal habit of reading your bible every single day for five minutes and then increase that to 10 and then 15 and pretty soon you'll, you have read the whole Bible and that, that wisdom that comes with it, um, is so helpful. And I think one thing I heard about the Bible, um, by someone is that the Bible was um, given to us by God as a gift and God created us to understand it. And so our minds are not, um, like, uh, our minds are created to understand it. So even the confusing things, um, yeah, we're able to read the Bible and get things from it. Um, it's active now. It's alive now. And I'd say study that. Like study the intricate history of the Bible and the poetry of the Bible and the language of the Bible. Like get to know that because that's the way that God has written, written um, words to us. Um, yeah, and I'd say, Two more practical tips of advice I have, um, especially when it comes to guy-girl friendships. I'm a little bit of a grandma, maybe, when it comes to this. I know it's not very in with the crowd or part of our culture, but I'd say stop hanging out one-on-one. It's just really not helpful. I know it's not always harmful, but there are just more times that it's not helpful. So I'd say hang out in groups. If you want to hang out with a guy that you're maybe interested in or a girl that you're interested in, invite a group of you to all do something together and... Hang out with that group. Observe them. Take the time to just watch the way they interact with people. Um, and that's just so much healthier for everyone's heart involved. I mean, there's the proverb that talks about guarding your heart. And in um, I think Philippians, it even talks about it too. Um, guard your heart and mind. And know that the peace of God will do that with you and that you're not alone in doing that. And it's going to be difficult. You're going to face feelings. But like I said, feelings are indicators, not dictators. And God not only sends or like provides help for us, but he gave us the helper of the Holy Spirit to be with us in those choices. So I'd say be really wise with that and just hang out in groups and evaluate it. Ask your friends around you, hey, how is, you know, I have this friendship with so-and-so, like I'm not really sure where we're at. I'm kind of confused. I, I don't know. Ask people and say like, are our boundaries good or should I maybe not do that? Or, you know, how can I maybe not text them one-on-one or not Snapchat them and Make choices like that. It's different case to case, but I think that's a really practical way. And then second, check your emotional, spiritual, and physical levels. I'm big on the levels. Um, <laughs> talking just about the emotional levels of your intimacy, the physical level, so, you know, what that looks like, and then spiritual. So that means, like, if you get done talking to someone about a really emotional and spiritually engaging conversation, it's sometimes really weird to just be like, okay, okay. Bye. And like just leave. And that's super weird because the physical level of that isn't in balance with the like degree of emotional and spiritual balance um, or spiritual level that you have. And so it might look more appropriate to do a nice high five or a handshake once Corona is done. But (laughs) yeah, I'm really big on the levels. So with all of your relationships, just check like where you're at with that. Um, Some people call them tanks (laughs) or like love tanks and um. Yeah, just be really honest with yourself and ask God to help you with that and to see that more clearly. I don't know. Is that good advice? It's amazing advice. Tough advice. I, like I said, it's for more. Tough love. Yeah, it's just for, just as much for myself as it is for other people. But the biggest thing is just wait. Because even I was a big stickler on it and then I broke my own rule of not dating in high school. But I just really think it's so much smarter. I even say, like, maybe don't date in college. Like just wait until you're out in the real world. <laughs> but that's because I'm almost done with college. So yeah. Just be patient. Nice.
0: So that is all I have for you guys today. Um, thank you, Sylvia. For yeah, being here. No the problem. Um, so just some things to keep in mind is just Sylvia's advice and relationships in high school. Because I know that we all have those wants and desires, but it may not be what God has in your plans or his plans. For you. For you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just keep on the lookout because Sylvia might be back for yeah. other episodes, I hope. Um, and that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>